We're ready. We're ready. We're prepared for once. Woo. They'll, it'll never happen again, but no. that's okay. No, but that's fine. It's okay. It's okay. It's, and it's crime culture. It is. Ah, we remembered to record. We are on it today. We are. We, re- we remembered we to remembered say the, the title. Name. Yeah, we remembered the title we, of yeah. the podcast. Like, god damn, look at us go. Look at us go. I remembered to make my microphone face me, I think. I'm making sure. Yes. Perfect. It's a, it says, like, I got nervous once I started. I was like, oh, no. I, I'm too, I'm too like, I believe it too much. I didn't check. But, no, it's, it's, it's doing the thing. Correctly. I'm, I'm, I'm here, too. I'm all set, ready to record. You might hear it's raining outside, and I live, like, on a busy road, so you might hear, like, rain swept cars driving by a little oh a i little thought you were gonna say i thought you were gonna say like crashing yeah i mean that's also true because people the skidding past, and crashing in the front yard at yeah. least at least once a week if not twice a week there are like i'll look up at the window and there's uh police lights and i'm like great somebody got pulled over someone got in an accident like oh, right yeah, outside no. our window yeah that's how it was when michael and i lived in new haven i can remember um, we had we had moved in, say, like the beginning of May mm-hmm. that Labor Day or Memorial Day, excuse me, weekend. I was looking outside because I would just like look out the window with the cats mm-hmm. and that that would be our like parental child bonding experience. So I'd watch traffic with them and I watched a woman drive into a telephone pole. Good. And. I think I don't think the power went out I think everything was fine or whatever but I got to watch the cops come and like she had like hit somebody like she or she hadn't hit somebody she had hit the telephone pole but she was like perpendicular to the road oh yes um like she had just I don't know if she skid I don't know I don't know but then somebody went into her because she was across traffic Mm -hmm. and they were probably just as drunk as she presumably was and it was just, it was a mess, but it was so fun to watch. Well, did, do you think they got arrested? Because you I know don't what happens remember. when you get arrested. There were kids in the car. Oh. Oh, you were giving me an opening. I was giving oh. you, I was giving you an opening <laughs> to introduce your episode this week. <laughs> so, Caitlin, what happens when you get arrested? What's like the first thing that happens? Your family disowns you. Yes. But like, okay, what's the second thing that happens? You legally. cry and you say, I'm a good fucking person. No, le- legally what happens? Um, legally, you get Mirandized. Yes. Yes. Thank, thank you for coaching me through this. It's okay. I tried. <laughs> um, it kind of sailed yeah, no. right over your and, head. Yes. And so the Miranda rights are what we actually call it. Apparently, it's like referred to as the Miranda rights by, I guess, civilians is the best way to put it. Okay. But not once in my research has it officially been called the Miranda rights. Really? Yes. And I'll get into that. I'll get into why. And it's basically because it's to do with the Bill of Rights. Okay. So just like the First Amendment is one of your rights. Mm-hmm. It's you. you do, when somebody says to you, okay, you have freedom of speech, they don't call it like the whatever rights or yeah, like yeah. whoever. Yeah. Um. I was trying to go back to my communications law class to remember what that that 
case was. There was some case. There were a bunch of cases to do with. One was Larry Flint because he was posting um, it or he was publishing. Um, I think he was the publisher of Hustler, if really? I'm not mistaken. Larry Flint. There's a great if anybody has access to it, there's a really great movie that does an excellent job of telling his story and the legal proceedings surrounding him and his story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's called The People versus Larry Flint. I think I've and heard of it. It's it's a movie that people have definitely heard of. It's Oscar nominated, I believe. But it it's I love this. Like I had to watch it for a class, but it, it's so good. And Courtney Love plays Larry Flint's wife, and mm-hmm. Woody Harrelson plays Larry Flint. Well, and shit. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure this is the movie that made Woody Harrelson go from like just like a dumb fuck in movies to somebody who has genuine talent yeah like it's if you if you can watch it definitely do and you learn a little bit about the law to be honest like fuck that i don't don't we're gonna do an episode on it Um, okay all right then that was a journey that we all went on (laughs) that's what the episode's on today the episode's now over goodbye everyone um but no so the miranda writes it's actually called a Miranda warning. And for those who don't know, if you have watched any episode of Law and Order, of any f- version of Law and Order, or, or any crime any, show, yeah, and pretty much any crime show ever, yeah, or if you've seen that one scene in Twenty One Jump Street, the first one, um, the movie where Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill are struggling to tell Ron Swanson what the rights they're supposed to read to people are. That's that's what we're talking about, and we'll post that that clip because I love that. I love that yes. so much. And at the end, they're so they're so vindicated because they got the guy and they remember the Miranda rights. Perfect. <laughs> they're so the excited Miranda and warning. it's so cute. Yes, the Miranda warning. Um, but so yeah, so the Miranda warning is a type of notification that is customarily given by United States police officers. So any of our international listeners, if you don't know what this is, that would be why. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's given to criminal suspects in police custody or in a custodial interrogation. And Mm -hmm. it advises them of their right to be silent. So they can refuse to answer questions or provide information or pretty much they don't have to talk to law enforcement or any other officials. So there's the First Amendment, the freedom of speech, and then this is the uh, freedom to stay silent. Basically, this this is... Like, we'll get into it. This is actually two other amendments. It's not the First Amendment. Okay. And are you going to read just the went off on a Miranda tangent. warning in I full? Am. I All am. Right. I am. And we'll get into it because I learned this. Certain states have different um, little Miranda sections of it. Warnings. Yeah, they have different oh, okay. Miranda warnings. Um, but so, yeah, so the purpose of this notification or whatever you want to call it is to preserve the admissibility of the suspect or person in custody's statements. And mm-hmm. it's, um, the, and it's whatever is, pre- I can't talk today. I really can't. Like, I don't know why I'm, <laughs> why am I here? Um, it's to preserve the admissibility of their statements and any statements that they make during their interrogation in later criminal proceedings. So they can mm-hmm. call it back during a court case or when they're called in front of a grand jury or anything like that. So without further ado, 
I'm going to do a, a dramatic reading. Dr- of- yes, a dramatic reading <laughs> of the Miranda, like a typical Miranda yeah. warning, because as I said, different states have different things. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Scene. <laughs> and action. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say will be used against you in a court of law. I think I feel like I'm making fun of this too much, so I'm just going to go. Okay. Um, <laughs> two sentences in, I'm like, no. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to have an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed to you by the court. With these rights in mind, are you still willing to talk with me about the charges against you? That's it. That's oh, the whole right. thing. I always thought it was um, longer for some reason. I, I always thought it was, too, and I think that's because executive producer Dick Wolf always cuts off, like, as they're talking. Yeah, it's like, you have a right to an attorney, and then it's, like, cut off. But I yes. thought it was, I thought it was, you have a right to, you have a right to an attorney, and then I thought there was, you had a right to something else, too. But I the guess right if, to remain silent. <laughs> no, no, not that. I thought there was one well, after the attorney. There, there are more things, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think New Jersey is one of the states that has a different one, so hey. that could be it. Because Haley's been arrested a lot, so she would So know. many times. Countless, so many times. really. Yes, she she just doesn't know when to stop running nude in the park. I mean, um, sometimes it's just, just so gotta... fun. Because it's fun, Jan. Um, but yeah, so there are... I can't speak. The Miranda warning is part of a preventative criminal procedure rule that law enforcement are required to administer to protect an individual who is in custody and subject to direct questioning or its functional equivalent from a violation of his or her Fifth Amendment rights against compelled self-incrimination. Okay. And so, yeah. So it's not the First Amendment. It's the Fifth Amendment. And I said I said it was like the opposite of the First Amendment because the First Amendment is like yeah. freedom of speech. You can say the, whatever yeah, you want. This is the freedom to be silent if you so choose. But it's also yes, you have to be silent in order to not incriminate yourself. So that's yes. Why. So the Fifth Amendment, for those who, again, don't know, um, you'll see it in movies a lot because people will be like, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth, I plead the fifth when they don't want to say something in court. And that's basically what it is, is it's an amendment to the Constitution that basically protects you from being held responsible for committing a crime unless you have been like, it's been proven by the police. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So that's the Fifth Amendment. Super cute, super fun. And um, so, but this all came about actually in 1966. That's when the Miranda rights became essentially instated. So it's really not, they're really not that old. They're not. And it's not like a thing like when, when fucking Ben Franklin was getting arrested for flying a kite with a key, they did not Mirandize him. I don't think he got arrested, but I'm just, I'm just spitballing. Um, As, as you do, as one does. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, so... It, it was only, let's see, Haley, I need math help, <laughs> like, 50 years ago? Yeah. Give or take? Not, or couple, not like, that, yeah, yeah, not it was that only, long ago. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't super, like, your parents were probably alive when the Miranda rights were first. Uh, they were. Instated. Yeah. Mine were. Mine yeah. definitely were. Mine were well, well alive at that point. <laughs> well um, alive. <laughs> they had been living. <laughs> um but yeah, so in 1966, the Supreme Court heard the case of Miranda versus Arizona, um, which is what set all of this into motion. Mm-hmm. So 
on March 13th, 1963, we're going to go back in time a little bit. Ernesto Miranda was arrested by the Phoenix, Arizona Police Department based on circumstantial evidence linking him to the kidnapping and rape of an 18-year-old woman 10 days prior. And after two hours of interrogation by the police, Miranda signed a confession to the rape charging blah, blah, blah. He signed a confession to the rape charge on forms that included the typed statement, I do hereby swear that I make this statement voluntarily and of my own free will with no threats, coercion, or promises of immunity, and with full knowledge of my legal rights, understanding any statement I may make to be used against me. Mm -hmm. However... At no time was Miranda told that he had the right to a lawyer. Oh. Yes. So before he was presented with the form on which he was asked to write out this confession that he had already spoken to the police, he was not advised of his right to stay silent. Um, He wasn't informed that his statements during the interrogation would be used against him, and he wasn't told, hey, you can lawyer up. Um. So at the trial, when prosecutors offered Miranda's written confession as evidence, his court-appointed lawyer, Alvin Moore, objected because they, he said that the facts that they were saying were facts were not facts. Yeah, so it was like, (laughs) like, it's like coercion almost. Like they kind of asked, they asked the right questions to get the answers that they were looking for. Exactly. He said yeah. that the confession wasn't voluntary and therefore he was like, this should be excluded. Yeah, because some of the some of the cops that interrogate people like they know they're taught like the questions to ask and. Oh, yeah. And, and in a way to ask them. And not if, even not yeah, even and, that. Like I had a professor in college and he was a lawyer on top of being like, I think he was specifically in communications law but he had done other stuff he was a ridiculously smart man dr stephen rauscher um and i remember i want to say it must have been my freshman year of college when he said to all of us in his class um that the police can lie to you about anything they can say whatever they want if they're trying to get a confession yeah they they don't have to they can say like you see it in um in crime movies SVU. and stuff all the time. Yeah. It's like, oh, your friend over there just confessed. Like, we, yeah. ha- we know everything. So why don't you just tell us your yeah. side of the story then? Yeah. They can so, say we have you on tape when they don't. Like, yeah, they can exactly. say anything they want uh-huh. if, it, if they think it's going to get a confession out of you. Yep. And, um, and if you don't call th- for a lawyer and uh, yes. somebody to help you out, then, then you, may, you might just confess to something. Right. Whether you did it or not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so more the lawyer's objection was overruled, and based on this written confession and other evidence, Miranda was convicted of rape and kidnapping, and was sentenced to 20 to 30 years of imprisonment on each charge, with the sentences to run concurrently. So he was essentially given a life sentence. Yeah. Um, Moore filed Miranda's appeal to the U.S. to the Arizona Supreme Court, excuse me, and he claimed that Miranda's confession was not fully voluntary and should not have been admitted into the court proceedings. So the Arizona Supreme Court affirmed the trial court's decision to admit the confession, and they emphasized that Miranda did not specifically request an attorney, despite the fact that Miranda was not told. Yeah, he, he didn't request it because request. he didn't know that he had the ability to request it. Exactly, exactly. And make no mistake, this guy's still a piece of shit. However... Yeah, but that doesn't... Uh, make up for the fact that you still gotta give up you still gotta give up piece of shit his rights yeah um 
So Miranda went on to plead his case to the U.S. Supreme Court. And in a five to four majority, the court held that both inculpatory and exculpatory statements made in response to interrogation by a defendant in police custody will be admissible at trial only if the prosecution can show that the defendant was informed of the right to consult with an attorney before and during questioning and of the right against self-incrimination before police questioning and that the defendant not only understood these rights, but voluntarily waived them. So that's why at the end they say, do you understand these rights as I have yes. read them or said them to you or whatever? Yep. Um, so basically, the admission of an elicited incriminating statement by a suspect not only informed of these rights or not informed of these rights um, violates the Fifth Amendment. It also violates the Sixth Amendment, which is the right to counsel mm-hmm. and through the incorporation of these rights into state law. So Chief Justice Earl Warren of the Supreme Court who delivered the court's decision, said, quote, the person in custody must, prior to interrogation, be clearly informed that he has the right to remain silent and that anything he says will be used against him in court. Hmm, sound familiar? Yeah. Um, he must be clearly informed that he has the right to consult with a lawyer and have the lawyer with him during interrogation and that if he is indignant, if he, oh, excuse me, if he is indigent, a lawyer will be appointed to represent him. Mm-hmm. Um, So with this being said, Miranda's case was thrown out and he was released and the case was retried in 1967. And this time the prosecution, instead of using the confession, used other evidence and called witnesses, which honestly they could have done in the first place, but that's fucking fine. Mm -hmm. Um, And one witness was Twyla Hoffman. And she was a woman with whom Miranda was living at the time of the offense. And she testified that he had told her of committing the crime. Oh. A good Twyla. <laughs> so Miranda was again convicted in 1967 mm-hmm. and again sentenced to serve 20 to 30 years. As one does. Yeah, well. Um, so justice point, still came actually... for this piece of shit. Yeah. Like, make no mistake, he still got his comeuppance. But we also got Miranda rights. So, like, mm. but, um, so he appealed the decision, basically, and the Supreme Court of Arizona affirmed the decision that he was sentenced, and the U.S. Supreme Court denied review to the sentencing. So Miranda ended up being paroled in 1972, Mm -hmm. and after his release, he returned to his old neighborhood, and I loved this. Made a modest living autographing police officers' Miranda cards, which oh contained God. the text of the warning for reading to arrestees. Wow. <laughs> Can we just... What a legacy. <laughs> like, I'm not even mad. This is really funny. This is really, really funny. But, um, so, but as it's usual... It's still pretty funny, though. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty funny, but as is not often the case... This piece of shit does not get a happy ending, and Mm. he was stabbed to death during an argument in a bar a few years after his release on January 31st, 1976. Mm -hmm. But here's the kicker. He was, remember, he was a pain in the ass about getting convicted. He appealed his thing fucking twice. Yeah. A suspect was arrested in his murder, but he, unlike Miranda, exercised his right to remain silent. (laughs) <laughs> because they had no evidence against him, he was yeah. released. <laughs> oh my god. 
<laughs> I read that and I was like, good. That's so funny. That's like the guy that invented the Segway, Segwayed off a cliff. Yes, yes, yes. It's just like that. I was just like, oh, there really is a God. Like, you know, like, damn, too perfect. So, yeah. Um, but the Miranda's blah, 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 blah. I can't speak today. I swear to God. Um, so, yeah, the Miranda decision was widely criticized when it came down, which actually kind of surprises me. Yeah. But that's fine. Um, a lot of people felt that it was unfair to inform suspected criminals of their rights as outlined in the decision. Um, and I'm sitting there and I'm I'm researching this and I was like, but that's cheating. Yeah, right. That's, that's like you're playing like hockey or soccer and you tell them, oh, like, we're not going to tell you what goal you are. So just like kick also, it they're into not one a of criminal them. until they're actually convicted until exactly. they're actually convicted. You don't have any proof that exactly. they did anything wrong. They could just be someone who's not educated in their rights. Exactly. So, among other people who were opposed to this decision was squeaky clean Richard Nixon. Oh. And other conservatives who denounced Miranda for undermining the undermining the efficiency of the police and argued the ruling would contribute to an increase in crime. <laughs> All right. What a guy. That's also um, really stupid. That's also really ironic because Nixon would be being read his Miranda rights in a few years. Mm -hmm. um, but Nixon, upon becoming president, promised to appoint judges who would be, quote, strict constructionists and mm. who would exercise judicial restraint. Again, that sounds threatening. Not, yeah. And also not the problem here. Yeah. Um, so many supporters of law enforcement were angered by the decision's negative view of police officers. And after the Miranda decision, all U.S. police departments were required to inform arrested persons or suspects of their rights under the ruling prior to custodial interrogation. Yeah. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. Because, like, hello. Yeah. Um, so the courts have since ruled that the warning must also be meaningful. That That is a direct quote. Okay. meaningful like you've got to hold their hand look them in the eyes set some mood lighting um but so it is usually required that the suspect be asked that they understand their rights as specified previously yeah um and sometimes a firm answer of yes is actually required depending on yeah, like, they where can't you just live. nod or something yeah and some departments and jurisdictions required that an officer ask do you understand after every sentence in the warning yeah. So you have a right to an attorney. Do you understand? Yep. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be appointed to you. Do you understand? So just very, very repetitive and annoying if you ask yeah. me, but that's fine. I'm not against it. I'm, I'm no Nixon here. Um, but so an arrestee's silence is not a waiver, but on June 1st, 2010, so only like not even a decade ago, Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court ruled in another five to four ruling that police are allowed to interrogate suspects who have invoked or waived their rights ambiguously. And any statement given during questioning prior to invocation or waiving is admissible as evidence. Yeah. So anything they say prior to asking you your or telling you your rights, they can talk about. So that's why yes. you shut up until somebody so tells you what your rights are. That's why, like, when you're watching, not even, like, when you're watching SVU, I love that I keep circling back to this, but I'm I'm on a deep, deep I love binge. SVU. And as, and as we were discussing and screaming about the other night, they have all of the seasons on Hulu. 
Yes. And they do. Yes. So you can you know what I'm into right now. But um no, so when somebody when they bring somebody in and the guy has raped a girl and he says something like um they like they catch him in a lie and they're like, "Well, what about the ring?" And he's like, "Oh, I didn't want the ring." And they were like, "Oh, I thought you weren't there." And then he goes, "Lawyer." Yeah. That's the type of shit. Yeah, but also so, um I was watching 48 hours uh, oh, the other love. day because because uh, they did that two hour episode no is that I what you were know. watching no it was just like it was just on the it TV. was that 60 minutes so one of 60 them minutes. i think it was one of them did a two hour episode recently and i didn't get to watch it but i was like ooh. no 48 hours was on and uh they were talking about interviewing this person they read them their rights whatever and the guy waved his rights and they were talking but the minute he says the minute somebody says like i think i need a lawyer or do you think yep. i need a lawyer or just the word lawyer they have lawyer to stop immediately that's all they have to say yeah yeah, yeah. that's why that's why those really snarky sons of bitches are always just like they just give you this smarmy look and they're like lawyer yeah because they know that's all they need to say that's yep. the, that's and the million the, the dollar questioning word is done yep mm-hmm. yep so they can um, say, you can say it at any point in the questioning. It doesn't have to oh, yeah. be like you waive your rights and then you can't ask for a lawyer afterwards. You can like, be mid-sentence and be like, no, lawyer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, hell, they can be mid-sentence and you can be like, no, lawyer. Can, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, so where was I? I don't remember. I'm like going through my notes right now. Oh, so... I found this interesting. In some cases, evidence has actually been ruled inadmissible because of an arrestee's poor knowledge of English and the failure of the arresting officer or officers to provide the warning in the arrestee's language. Yeah. Because when you say, do you, you read all those, that complicated phrase, and then you say, do you understand? Yeah. And then you say, do you understand? And they're like, uh, yeah. No. (laughs) No? Yeah. Help? Like, I don't know. Um, actually, that makes a lot of sense, because if we circle back to our Chicago episode and there was that woman that was like, nobody knew what she was saying, but they still had arrested her for murder and hung her for murder. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh Uh-uh. There we go. (laughs) Yes. I was trying to think of it first. I was like, what? And then I was like, yeah, I got it. What is she talking about? (laughs) Um, as usual, as, as, as it goes. But um, so as I was ago, saying man. before, it was a while ago. We're <laughs> we're moving forward. Um, but as I had mentioned previously, as I just say about moving forward, um, now we're going to circle back. And <laughs> <laughs> um, but in states that border Mexico, we're going to talk about like how there's slight variations. Yeah. Um, and so any states that border Mexico, so that includes Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, my home, California. Um, suspects who are not U.S. citizens are given an additional warning, mm-hmm. which is if you are not a U.S. blah 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 blah, which is if you are not a United States citizen, you may contact your country's consulate prior to any questioning. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you s- still also have to like be sure that they understand this, whether that's telling them in their yeah. native language or whatever. Um, but some states, including Virginia require the following sentence, which ensures that the suspect knows that waiving Miranda rights is not a one-time absolute occurrence, as we were saying. Yeah. Um, so that statement is, you can decide at any time from this moment on to terminate the interview and exercise these rights. Yeah. 
which I think should be like a national thing that yeah, everybody I don't know has why to say it. Yeah, I don't know why they don't have to say that in all cases. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so then, and I lied to you. You're not in this. Aw, I'm sorry. Um, but California, hey, Texas, New York, Florida, Illinois, North and South Carolina, Virginia, Washington, and Pennsylvania also add the following questions, and it's presumably to comply with the Vienna Convention on Consular Relations. Okay. And I looked into that a little bit, and it's basically an international treaty that was set in place to protect and provide immunity to diplomats. Okay. For those, I, I again... If you're wondering what I'm watching on Hulu, it's SVU all the time. For those who remember, I think Anika Noni Rose guest starred. There was a diplomat who was staying in like hotels and raping their maids. Ooh. And they were saying he had immunity, that they couldn't arrest him. They couldn't try him or anything because he wasn't from this country. Yeah, he had diplomatic immunity. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what they're talking about here. Yeah. Um, and they did end up getting the guy. Like, don't worry, guys. Like, he still it's got his. Anika Noni Rose is fine. But um, so, but the, those two questions that they, the first question is, do you understand each of these rights as I have explained to you? Mm-hmm. And the second question is, having these rights in mind, do you wish to talk with us now? Yeah. Again, makes sense. Understandable. Yeah. Probably should incorporate this everywhere, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's just so, do like a big... Uh, a big overhaul and yes. ask all the necessary questions. <laughs> Let's like, have another court case. <laughs> yeah. Um, so an affirmative answer to both of these above questions waives the rights. Mm-hmm. And if the suspect's response, if the suspect responds no to the first question, again, that's, do you understand each of these rights as I have explained to you? Yeah. The officer is required to reread the Miranda warning Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, saying no to the second question, having these rights in mind, do you wish to talk to us now, invokes the right at that moment. Yeah. Um, and in either case, the interviewing officer or officers cannot question the suspect until the rights are read or are, mm-hmm. are waived. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been kind of discussed whether a Miranda warning, if spoken or in writing, would be appropriately given to disabled people. Okay. Um, which I found very interesting because you don't think about that. And yeah, that's true. As the sibling of a disabled person, you especially do not think about that. Like, mm-hmm. my brother is not very verbal. And, like, one of my favorite stories that my mom has told is one of my brother's peers. There was some kind of, it was like a regular, like, legal proceeding, and it was basically to take away his rights to himself and to appoint a guardian. Uh-huh. And which happens often in the cases of people like my brother. Yeah. Um, because they're not always able to care for themselves. But the judge and the the town and whatever, for whatever reason, they just didn't buy that this poor kid was as developmentally disabled as he was. Hmm. And so he said something to him like, um, I'm gonna give him a fake name, but like Jason, how much is a candy bar? Mm-hmm. And the kid said one dollar. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, see, like he understands finances, like he can go out and buy himself a candy bar for a dollar. Like his parents should not get control over their money and all this other stuff. And this kid's mother, who is also just like a badass in general, 
she goes, may I just, because it was like, it wasn't like these types of hearings are very informal that you can yeah. just be like, hey, can I do this? Like lawyers are still present. But um, so she goes, can I just, can I, can I like scooch in here real quick? And she goes, Jason, how much is a car? Mm-hmm. And he goes, one dollar. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and but it's, that's like just an example of not everybody necessarily understands. Yeah. And it's, it goes beyond and how do you, how do a language you do barrier. So, yeah, and how do you do something so that they do understand? Right, right. Um, and in some of those cases, like, that's, there isn't anything that you can do. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you've got to, like, like I had said before, like, we need another, like, lawsuit. I'm, I don't literally mean that, but the Miranda rights, the Miranda warning mm-hmm. still needs to be updated. It yeah. still needs to be abridged. But um, so it's been discussed that what like whether or not a Miranda warning that is spoken or in writing could be appropriately given to disabled people, as I just said. Mm-hmm. Um, and another example is the right to remain silent, which means little to a deaf or mute individual. Yes. Yeah. Because they're staying silent. I mean, I suppose like sign language and whatnot, but at the same time. And also, that brings back, how do you effectively communicate this to a, for example, a deaf person? Yeah, you need to have somebody, yeah, you need to have somebody that can do sign language, or um, for somebody who's blind, I guess you have to have it available in Braille. Well, you can speak it to them. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you also need it, and you could, you also need it written down and all this other stuff. Yeah. If you have to give it to somebody in, like, multiple forms, then uh, you need to have it so that it's in different languages. It's in different. Uh, I don't know. Just like, different that's ways what I'm saying. That, like, and also it, like, if they were going to amend it with um, disabled people in mind, instead of saying you have the right to remain silent, they could say you have the right to withhold. Yeah. To not any information. To not tell us with, any information. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To not inform us of information. I guess. Right. Yeah, I know. Like, it's rough, right? Like, yeah. How do you? How do you? Just it, yeah, it's because weird. it should be inclusionary, but it's how do we get to that point of being inclusionary? Yeah. Um, because then, then does you have the right to remain silent count as a loophole for somebody who exactly will communicate it in a different way? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, or, I can see that being exploited in something. That oh, feels absolutely. like an SVU episode. I know. I'm like come on like dick wolf i have so many episode ideas for you like please just let me do one he's got a couple thousand seasons so he does he does he's 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 doing fine he doesn't need to talk to little people such as myself no i think he's got a lock on this yeah he's he's he he gets it he kind of gets it yep um but another one another example would be the word constitutional may not be understood by people with only an elementary school education yes which, again, like, the more, like, like, you hear about the Miranda rights, like, you get it and whatnot, but you don't realize how almost exclusionary it can be in terms of language barriers, in terms of disability barriers, so to speak, and also educational barriers. Yeah. It's, like, it's it almost very, has, it's almost it almost elitist. has to be as simple as you are allowed to not talk to us if you choose to. You're allowed to ask for help. Yeah. Like that's like you need to be able down to 
you gotta be able to communicate it in some way like yeah there's gotta be like for example my brother i can basically guarantee you does not know what the word constitutional means and he's 21 years old yeah like and not that i'm saying my brother's gonna get arrested for anything because uh let's though he did get in trouble with the marines one time but um (laughs) but like that was yeah if you if you go through the um the whole miranda warning and you have it all written down and you think of your brother with his educational level and you start picking words out like what are you left with that he can understand exactly be aware to enough to say yes i understand exactly yeah and and that's like something again that people don't really uh, think about that they can't necessarily even fathom yeah happening but i'm sure it happens yeah i'm sure it happens every day yeah um but so in one case of this a as we were saying there has to be some examples of this um a deaf murder suspect was actually kept at a therapy station until he was able to understand the meaning of the Miranda warning and other judicial proceedings. Mm. So in, in his case, in that particular case, like there was some sort of, I don't know. What do you want to call it? Um, yeah. They, they reached a, an understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Within the able- disability. Yes, and they were able to find a way to communicate it to him before proceeding. Yeah. Um, could not find out more about that deaf murder suspect, though. So whether what came of that, I don't know. But he did get his rights read to him. That is what matters here. That's good. Um, but so, yeah. So in in cases of the Miranda rights, like assuming that the correct factors are present the miranda rule applies unless the prosecution can establish that the statement falls within an exception to the miranda rule mm-hmm. um and there are three exceptions one is a routine booking question exception two is the jailhouse informant exception and three is the public safety exception mm-hmm. and it's argued that only the last exception is a true exception because the first two can be better viewed as consistent with the Miranda factors. Um, mm-hmm. And an example of this is questions that are routinely asked as part of the administrative process of arrest and custodial commitment are not considered interrogation under Miranda because they aren't intended or likely to produce incriminating responses. Yeah, because at that point, they're just asking your basic information, right? Exactly. Your name, address, phone number. Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, for example, if they're looking out for Ed Kemper because they have they know that he has killed his mother and his mother's friend and a lot of women and Uh a lot of people. (coughs) Excuse me. If he walks into a police station on a traffic violation or whatever. Yeah. And they say to him, yo, what's your name? And he goes, Ed Kemper. Where are you from, Ed Kemper? California. Well, shit, we're looking for an Ed Kemper in California. And he killed some people. Let's let's do a little segue. But yeah. But yeah, he um, would be on he would be on some list at that point. Yeah, that's but that's what I'm saying. And that's kind of what they're saying here. I think. You, yeah, you can't walk into like a uh uh the police station and be like, hey, what's your name? Lawyer. 
Yeah. No. <laughs> like, you can't nope, find not that, how that one. If anything, that screams guilty, my friends. Yeah, right. Like, do not so, do that. I, I do, do not underst- do that. Yeah, so I do understand that. Like, as long as it has nothing to do with the actual case, like, they should be able to a- ask any question. Yeah, exactly. If it just has to do with public information like your name is public information your phone number your address like all that exactly stuff is- anything yes exactly anything that's public information yeah. basically come on like they can give you some but they can't give you all yeah so um, that i understand as an exception yeah like like all three of them the the circumstances that i mentioned are exceptions but that one's especially one um and the jailhouse informant exception applies to situations where the suspect doesn't know that he's speaking to a state agent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's either a cop posing as a fellow inmate, um, a cellmate that's working as an agent for the state or yeah. for a family or friend or whoever who's agreed yeah, to so, cooperate. Or what if somebody like is wearing a wire or something? Exactly. Yeah. Like if they, if they seize the information, uh, like if they volunteer, if the person voluntarily gives up the information to someone that they do not know is a cop or is yes. working for the cops, then they don't have their, cause it'd be weird if you sat down with your friend and be like, you have a right to an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> you have a right to remain silent. <laughs> so that, yeah, that do one makes sense these too. Yeah. That, that's, it, that it, one's a little sneaky, but also. Yeah. It's a little yeah, sneaky, but then again, they want it to be a hell of a lot sneakier. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so then there's the public safety exception and it's limited and it's a case specific exception, but it allows certain unadvised statements that were given without Miranda warnings to be admissible into evidence at trial when they are elicited in circumstances where there was a great danger to public safety. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there is a little bit of wiggle room with the Miranda rights, Yeah, but, um, this exception derives from a case called New York versus Quarles, and that took place in 1984, and the Supreme Court considered the admissibility of a statement elicited by a police officer who apprehended a rape suspect who was mm-hmm. thought to be carrying a firearm. And the arrest took place in the middle of the night in a supermarket that was open to the public, but pretty much no one was there except for the people that worked at the checkout counter. Mm-hmm. And when the officer arrested the suspect, he found an empty shoulder holster, handcuffed the sus- the suspect, and said to him, where's the gun? Like, mm. as one does. And, um, you know, as I do, as I say to people, where's your gun? Yes. Um, yes. So the suspect just kind of, like, gestured, like, with his head in the direction of the gun, which was near, like, some stuff in the supermarket. Mm-hmm. And um, he specifically said, the gun is over there. And the Supreme Court found that such an unadvised statement was admissible in evidence because, quote, in a kaleidoscopic situation such such as the one confronting these officers, where spontaneity rather than adherence to a police manual is necessary, the order of the day, the application of the exception we recognize today should not be made to depend on post hoc findings at a suppression hearing concerning the subjective motivation, I was so close, of the police (laughs) officer. Um, motivation. <laughs> um, again, the subjective motivation of the police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, the jurisprudential rule of Miranda must yield in, quote, a situation where concern for public safety must be paramount to adherence to the literal language of the prophylactic rules enunciated in Miranda. So. It's a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. So in 
less intelligent people's terms, and I'm grouping myself into that as well, um, in order for something to be admissible in the government's, like, case at a trial, mm-hmm. the questioning must not be compelled by the police to, um, what's the word? To, it, it's got to be focused, and it has to be limited, and it has to be, he can't just ask, like, a string of questions, like, it's got to be relevant to, yeah the goings on like you were saying like mm-hmm. in this case it was for public safety because if he was like where if he didn't ask where's the gun because he needed to mirandize the guy first and the guy happened to have it in his back pocket and decided yeah. to shoot one he of get, the people yeah, working at the somebody. checkout exactly exactly yeah um so it's just it's very it's it's That's there's a little, a little bit, bit of wiggle murky. room yeah yeah there's a lot of wiggle room going on here mm-hmm. um like we said there needs to be some amendments, but at the same time, like, it's, there's a lot of what-ifs that they answer, and there's a lot of what-ifs that they still need to answer. Yeah, and it seems to be working out pretty well. It's been going on since the 60s. I was gonna say, like, I mean, so far, so good. Like, people haven't, like, been people getting haven't off on the yet. street because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, so... That's the oh, there was one more thing that I wanted to talk about, which is if there's a Miranda violation, mm-hmm. um, and if that's the case, the statement will be subject to suppression under the Miranda exclusionary rule. So basically, if the defendant objects, if they file a motion to suppress the um, statement, any of that, the exclusionary rule would prohibit the prosecution from offering it up as proof of guilt. Mm-hmm. However, the statement can be used to impeach the defendant's testimony. Okay. Um, so, this is funny. The fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine <laughs> does not apply to Miranda violations. How about that separation of church and state? Yeah, right. Um, so, for those who don't know, the fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine is a legal metaphor in here in the United States. I don't think it's used anywhere else. Um, And it describes evidence that is obtained legally. Illegally, excuse me. Mm -hmm. So it's like in the the layest of layman's terms when God was like, don't take that apple. Don't eat that apple. And Eve illegally stole said apple and ate said apple. Uh Because you know, it's always the woman's fault. Um, Circling back to that. Yeah. But so yeah, so in that case, the exclusionary rule perception exceptions, um, any independent sources, inevitable discoveries, any of that, none of it comes into play. And any derivative evidence that came from that fucking fruit statement mm-hmm. um, isn't admissible. Yeah. Like, can't use it. That's it. So an example would be if the police continued with a custodial interrogation after the suspect has asserted his right to remain silent. Yeah. Yeah. And during this post-assertion statement, the suspect tells the police the location of the gun he used in the murder. Using this information, if the police were to find the gun and forensic testing identifies that the gun is the murder weapon and the fingerprints on the gun match the suspect all of the contents of the miranda defective statement 
would not and could not be offered by the prosecution as substantive evidence, but the gun itself and all related forensic evidence could be used as evidence at the trial. Oh, okay. So again, so it doesn't matter how they found it, they could still use it. Yes, but they can't be like, oh, but he told us where it is, so he's guilty. Yeah, yeah. But all that other shit is fine. Again, it's really, it's really weird. It's like, but knowing all of this, I feel safer if I get arrested when I come home for Christmas. Yeah, that's good. You know how you talk to your mom. No. Um, but yeah, no. So those are the, that's a very, 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 very abridged version of the Miranda rights. I would just like to, so if anybody wants to, I noticed that nobody was particularly angry at Haley because of her like black horror episode last week. Nobody bitched at her on Instagram. Yeah. No one yelled at her on Instagram. Although we're not (laughs) completely, we haven't released yet. So the week is young. Um, it is. However, please don't come for me on Instagram because I missed something with the Miranda rights because odds are I found it. I saw it. I read it. And I was like, I got to fit this in to like a 45 minute hour long episode. So some things yeah. were left behind. <laughs> no, that's like like every single topic that we talk about, like there's so much information. And it's just that, about like, picking and choosing. Yeah. And you can, you can literally drive yourself crazy researching for like and I have. any topic. Oh, and I have. I, yeah, I, same. I, like, and also I'm like super into the topics that we talk about. So I want to like research the hell out of it, but also we right. have a short amount of time and uh, a tight schedule. So right. and it's not so, always possible. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh. Like, and plus, not everybody, as we were discussing this week, wants to hear all of that. (laughs) No, I thought it was really interesting. Like, I got excited when you said that you wanted to do this episode because I, like, everyone knows what the words of, what? I thought it was just because you'd like to hear me talk. Of course. But, like, anyone who's watched a crime show knows what the, the words of the Miranda warning are, but, like... It's yep. interesting to hear where they come from and how it came about and the yeah. difficulties that surround it, sort of. Yeah. Or yeah. even that, it, like I said, like I was kind of surprised that not only was it not always in place, but it, it happened so came recently. Into place rel- yeah, it came into place relatively recently. And up until recently, it was still being kind of updated and changed. And it probably will continue to be in our lifetime. Yeah, it should be. Especially As since we we've highlighted about. some things that need to be updated. Ahem. Yeah. Yes. Dick Wolf, help us out. But yeah, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Fun but, times. Um, fun times. And we are going to do, um, just like last week, we gave a quick little shout out to Screen of the Crime. We've got another one this week. Oh, yeah. And that is for the podcast Anyways. How's your sex life? Haley, how's your sex life? It's Dees. That's good. That's good. Dece is good. Dece is good. It's, I, I can, mean, that's all you can really ask for, right? Yeah. I mean, better than no sex life. That's true. Yes. It's, it's existent. Yep. Shout out yep. to all the eunuchs with no sex life. Sorry. Um, yep. We're going to get some hate. But um, <laughs> so, but so, yes. Yeah, so anyway, How's Your Sex Life is the name of the podcast. And your fellow true crime buffs slash horror addicts, Corey Martin and Shanna Jones, Share their weekly stories of murder, demonic possession, 
and nocturnal apparitions. Ooh. Yes. So grab your spirit boards, light a couple candles, and listen to their true crime and supernatural podcast with a comedic queer twist. So anybody who's looking for not only like a sexy true crime horror podcast, it's also queer, which there is not enough. You can't ask. There's not enough. There's not enough queer content out there. Also, their uh, Instagram is fire. Go follow them. Their Instagram is fire. Their Instagram kills me, actually. So good. (laughs) It's very good. Hang on, I'll find I'll find the name of theirs quick um in case anybody wants to follow. So, it's quite literally anyways, how's your sex life with no spaces. Perfect. Yes, and they're lovely. Yeah. So go listen to them and also yeah. go on to our website, crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Yes. And, and our find... Instagram. Yes. Ours is at we too are crime culture podcast, right? Yes. Our Instagram is on is at Crime Culture Podcast. Our Facebook Perfect. is Crime Culture. Our Twitter is at Crime Culture Pod because they can update the number of characters allowed for tweets, but not for Twitter names. Nope. Nope. And our uh, email is crimeculturepod at gmail.com. Yeah, it is. Send us so, some send us some stuff. Let us know what you want. We had some yes. we had some lovely requests for the new year from some of our listeners that we are yes, going very to be excited. doing next year. Yes. We're very excited for the new year. Next week we have uh something fun and festive planned. We do. We're getting a little festive. And then the week after that, it's we're getting around the holidays, guys. So Yeah. Time's gonna be tight for us, but we're definitely uh not pausing and releasing any episodes, so get nope. ready. Yeah. And again, time. like our our listeners, Luis and Alyssa. They had some good requests, and yes. there were more, but I just, I wanted to shout those two out specifically, and we're going to be getting to your stuff. And who, A- was, our, who was our I was going to say ASAP Rocky. That's Luis. That's oh, okay, our friend good. from Venezuela. Okay, good. Um, and so I just wanted to give him a little, a little shout out and All be right. like, holler. Oh, and if you didn't check our face, I think it was probably on our Instagram too, our Facebook or Instagram. Uh, we want to get to 10,000 plays before the end of the year. I'm going to yes, check please. right it's at what this, we want for Christmas. At this exact moment in oh, time. You beat right me now, because I'm scrolling to it right now. We too. are at 9,764. So come on. Like, that's less than come 300 on, plays. Yeah, come on. come on. Just make your mom listen, make your grandma listen. 10,000 before don't. 2019. It's going to be a fun time. It's gonna. It's super easy. It's like, like I'm friends with a lot of like creative people on Facebook, and they're always crowdfunding for their projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I should start promoting some of those as well, um, or we should because I know we both have friends. Yes. But you said nine thousand seven hundred sixty-three plays, right? Sixty-four. Sixty-four. Oh, so if anything, we've got more than I thought. Yeah. But yeah, no. So. And if you How need many? something to listen to, I would go back. My current favorite episode of our podcast, if I could be I, so bold. I love that. I was going to say, I love is, that you have a favorite of our podcast. Well, you'll know why it's my favorite. It's episode 20, Ed Gein. At the very end, you'll hear oh, a little surprise guest. Oh, our sweet Babu, our Mosey, <laughs> our podcast. I love our him podcast. pieces. When I miss him, I listen to that. 
I and laugh I just every smile. time I hear it. It's if you so, haven't if heard you, it yet, ugh. go to the end of episode. Well, actually, listen we to the give whole you thing. permission. I was gonna say we give you permission to skip to the end. No, but like listen to the whole thing. Anyway, I worked. A, I worked hard on that. Anyway, <laughs> and yes. I was sick during the recording of that. Yes, uh, but yeah, towards the end, you get a little surprise visit from the podcast, and it is worth your time. It is one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And if you could also listen to us approximately like 17 times every day for the next two weeks, that would be great. Mm -hmm. That'd be great. I'd love it. That would be great. Anyway, thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. Hanukkah's over, but happy Hanukkah I was going to say, we just finished up up Hanukkah, but Christmas is coming. Kwanzaa is coming. Love it. All right. And if you've got other holidays that you celebrate, let us know. Yeah, right. We'll talk, maybe we'll talk about it on our on our December twenty fifth episode. Yeah, we're releasing on Christmas Day, people. So get mm-hmm. ready. What other Christmas gift stuff. could you ask for? I know we're just too good to you. We really are. I love okay, us. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. All right, all right. That's quite enough.